Welcome to Remotely Possible, a podcast about the people shaping the future of work. My name's Adam Riggs, and I'm the CEO of Frameable, a software company that's improving distributed work for Microsoft Teams and Outlook users. We're always looking for leaders, technology innovators, and software partners who might be a good fit as a guest on the podcast. If you have a story to share about creating and maintaining a highly collaborative environment for either hybrid or fully remote teams, we'll share details at the end of each episode of this podcast so you'll know how to get in touch with us. And now, let's dive into our conversation about how real people are making the future of work more successful. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I have Nicole Grinnell. She is the founder of Bosin, a staffing solution provider for small and medium-sized businesses across a range of industries. They are themselves a fully remote company, but hardly any of their clients are fully remote. So this will be a very exciting conversation. Nicole, welcome. Thanks for having me, Adam. Excited to be here. Great. So please um, just start off by telling our listeners a little bit more about Bosin and about your expertise. Yeah, absolutely. So Bolson is um, really a full service staffing agency, but we really focus on that small to mid-size, um, really businesses that are looking to scale and grow and talent is a part of that. Um, and really we specialize in everything back office. So a lot of operations, administrative, um, finance, marketing, everything that it really takes to have a business run. Okay. Uh, so in the last couple of years, tell us about some of the most interesting uh, changes that you've seen at the high level, especially as you are doing recruiting work for companies that are not remote uh, in this environment where uh, remote and distributed work is becoming uh, more and more uh, important. Absolutely. So I think the biggest change, which probably could be said about a lot of different companies, was just really COVID and post-COVID. So COVID was very interesting for us because we were a fractional remote-based company already. And so we really got to put our business model to the test um, and saw that it really did work. And it, it really helped a lot of companies survive and even thrive during COVID because they had that flexibility. And then post-COVID, we really saw a demand for in-house talent. Um, and that's really where our talent solutions started coming in and our recruiting efforts. Um, but what became the wave of change in that area was that we were no longer in a posted and they will come environment. We had to get creative, very flexible, um, both with options, benefits, being hybrid. And so um, we've been able to kind of ride that wave with our clients and offer new services along the way. So what would you say is the the, the hardest for, from the employer's perspective? What is the most challenging part of accepting or exploring distributed work now? I mean, we've had a couple of years of talking about it and a couple of years of intensively trying it out, all of us. And now that the uh, the medical emergency is over, we're in this, in this phase where um, the labor force is interested in more flexibility. And a lot of employers are still, um, are still hesitant or are still uh, skeptical. So what is the uh, hardest part of exploring or accepting distributed work as as part of the norm for the employers that you work for? You know, it's interesting because pre-COVID, um, we would get a lot of questions about 
How do I know that they're working? How am I going to know they're not just, you know, clocking in and leaving or watching TV or not in front of their office? And so it was really focused on control and it was really focused on like, well, how do I know that they're going to be productive? Post-COVID, people really had to go into that environment forced themselves, right? And so I think most people came out going, oh, no, you can work at home. And actually, they themselves maybe came out realizing they prefer to work at home. So our questions shifted from how do I know that they're working and how can I make sure that they are being productive to really, okay, now how can I start to build my team in this way and how can they interact with my team that's maybe in-house? And can they still look and feel like a part of my team? So the interest became higher, but we had different objections to overcome in that space. I see. Do you do you see a generational difference in the acceptance of distributed work or remote work uh, between maybe some of your younger uh, uh, companies that are led by younger uh, executives versus companies that are led by uh, older, more experienced, possibly more mature executives. Like, what is the difference there? Is there a generational difference in their openness to distributed work? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, these are obviously just blanket statements, but yes, absolutely. You know, the younger generation is coming up with flexibility, prioritizing different things, um, able to embrace technology to know how work can be done. Um, older generations may still be looking at it like you come into the office nine to five. That's what's always been done. We should have been done. But having said that, we have some clients that are really 60, 70 plus. Maybe they've retired or coming back into the workforce that are now really embracing it and seeing it as a significant cost savings and model that they themselves, when they were building their business originally, didn't have at their fingertips. So for people that get it, they get it right. And they, and they see what an advantage this can be. Um, but for those that are still kind of stuck in the, this has always been done this way, they're finding it harder to attract talent um, and getting some frustrations on that end. Mm -hmm. So you, I, I it sounds like, uh, I take it you spend a fair amount of time trying to explain to them that if they were to be more flexible, that they would attract a larger pool of more talented employee, potential employees. Is that right? Yeah, I think every business owner has the right to decide what they want their company to look like, both in culture, expectations, et cetera. But having said that, you can't um, you can't discount or not um, recognize what, what the marketplace is demanding in talent. So you either got to get flexible on other items or be patient to attract that right talent that is willing to go into that environment. Because the reality is talent now has options and they really are valuing things that they just haven't valued in years past. Mm -hmm. So we were talking before the recording started and you were telling me that your your own team is fully remote. Um, tell us about your approach to um, managing employees that are physically not, you know, not near you. And uh, and just tell us some of the tips and tricks that you use to maintain strong ties with your colleagues and uh, and maintain the level of trust. Because um, I understand from your earlier answer that you know trust is really at the core, right, of the of the relationship of every relationship, including working relationships, and that um, it's important for it to be maintained, you know, among distributed colleagues. So since your company is distributed, tell us a little bit about how you do that. Well, I mean, like many things in relationships, communication is key. 
um, we do set up, you know, weekly meetings with our team. So we have constant communication and it's something we advise our clients on as well when they're entering, entering a remote workforce. Um, and then just best practices. So we do a lot of time blocking to make sure that we can understand and respect everyone's schedules and really understand when they are working and available. Um, and then we try to do team building as much as we can. So we do an annual retreat um, and I myself will travel to some of our team members on really quarterly, sometimes even monthly basis to have those in-person check-ins where that's appropriate, or maybe bring them along to events or meet client meetings with us as well. But communication is just key. Um, you really have to make sure that you are in, in constant contact with your team. And also then don't forget that even though it is remote, it's still a workplace. So having those fringe benefits, celebrating wins, um, you know, congratulating others, celebrating birthdays, having those team calls, um, that all goes to make sure that those relationships are healthy and that people feel it's an environment to speak up and be heard. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, tell us about your your own tools and your own desk. You know, how how is your desk at home uh, or in your work, in your distributed work location? I assume it's your home. Like, how's your desk organized and uh, what tools do you use, both uh, hardware and software, to help you uh, stay productive uh, in a distributed yeah. way? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, in traditional office spaces, there can be a lot of paper, um, a lot of bit of communication just passing in the hallway. And so you kind of have to really go above and beyond to make sure that everyone is in the loop, whether it's with a client, whether it's with a situation, a bill, whatever that looks like. So, you know, I really advise people to get our CRM. We use HubSpot. Um, there's a lot of great options out there, depending on the level that you're wanting. Um, but everything really does need to be done in a cloud or online platform um, so that any member of the team can access that appropriate information. Um, you know, yes, I do. I have my notepads and things that are personal to me to work off of. But anything that would involve my team um, certainly needs to be done in that space. Um, we love Loom. We love Zoom. Um, we do lots of videos, lots of voice memos. So um, we find ways to have kind of personal touches in that way. Um, and really use a lot of chat features. Um, but CRM would probably be my biggest um, advisement if you are going to a remote culture because it is an easy way to keep everybody in touch with what's going on um, and have items to be accessible to all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what does your hiring process look like? I'm not sure when, when the last time you added someone to your team is, but if you could think back to that, um, assuming it's you know in the last maybe year, um, or I guess even if it's a little earlier, I mean, if it's fresh in your mind, um, tell us a little bit about how you onboard someone who is fully remote. Yeah, that's um, crucial. <laughs> we, and we really go through that with our clients as well. So, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of video interviews. It really is able to kind of make that connection as personable as you can make it. Also to really understand their work environment, um, what, you know, their distractions are. I mean, it's a big thing even when we are sourcing as well. You know, we say all the time, like, these are real jobs. Just because you are in a remote setting and at home, you still need to have a professional, quiet space and really be able to focus on your work. Um, we love personality tests, so that's a big piece. And then we involve our team. So if there are members of your team that this person is going to be working with, especially in a um, intimate way, then that's definitely like involve them, let them get to meet with them, get their feedback. Um, you don't wanna be making those decisions just in a silo as an owner. 
Um, and then once you are bringing them in, make sure that it's a time where you and any other pro appropriate team members are in a space to devote that time. You know, you don't want to onboard somebody when you are out traveling for the next two weeks at conventions. You want to make sure that you've got time to focus on them. They have the tools. Um, I'm a big proponent, like just like you would if you showed up in your office and you've got a computer and you've got your notepads and you've got your swag, still the same with remote. So make sure they have all of their tools, um, any company information that they need to have on day one so they feel welcomed and supported um, and begin that onboarding process. Yeah. Um, how? So once they're interviewed and once they're selected and once they are onboarded, um, tell us a little bit about your either at your own company or best practices at, at clients. Um, tell us about um, how you enable continuous learning and career progression in a distributed organization. Oh, I love that. So I will give you two different examples. So on our on our fractional teams, and this is really what we work with clients, they're coming in to work with a direct client for a specific role, right? So maybe it's a virtual assistant type role. But along the way, just like in any job, you can pick up other skills and you can pick up other items that you could be helping with this client with. So part of what we do in our relationship managers and working with those contractors is to say, you know, what are some other items that you're seeing coming through their inbox, seeing that they have goals set for that you feel that you have the skill sets or would like to learn the skill sets to take on? So some we see a lot are maybe some bookkeeping services, some social media services, writing newsletters. So we want to foster an environment that, yes, you have been brought in for an admin position or whatever the case may be, but just like a, a job in a traditional setting, you know, you are only going to become more valuable and rise up in experience and skill sets and talent and compensation by taking on more. And where you see those opportunities, raise your hand, speak up, talk to your client about how you can take that on for them. Mm -hmm. A lot has been written about um, the, the disadvantages of distributed work for younger employees because they, they have a harder time um, positioning themselves or serendipitously finding themselves in moments where uh, they can um, watch a more senior person, you know, navigate something tricky uh, and be be sort of have that mentor mentee uh, relationship, like not just unfold in a meeting where someone's giving you advice directly, but rather you get to watch someone who's more experienced uh, execute something or navigate something challenging and and you get to learn from that. Do you think that it's a surmountable challenge? Like how, if you could wave a magic wand, whether it's a technological magic wand or a, or a culture, a work culture magic wand, like how can, how can we make remote work more friendly and more productive for younger employees that that really do need that mentorship and the and that firsthand um, witness, you know, those witness moments uh, in order to get better at their job. That's such an interesting question, because I was actually just talking about that recently with a friend whose son is in an internship program. And when I was in an internship program it was for Intel Corporation in California area. And I, I did, I learned so much. Um, I was, I was an admin um, intern 
and so much from seeing how departments work together, how this huge corporate structure worked, how they communicated that I really don't know that I would have gotten in a remote setting. And so she was actually telling about how she feels that her son is missing out on a lot of those things, how to speak, how to navigate things, when to speak up, how to communicate. And I, you know, truthfully, even with a remote company, I feel there, there is some warrant to that. Now, the flip side of that is we may as a culture be going to a remote environment. And so I wonder how that landscape is going to change um, and how those growth opportunities may change. And how do you get noticed in a remote setting to be promoted or take on more in a corporate structure? So I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Um, but if we as a society are going to a remote culture, there's going to be different dynamics there as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is one of the great um, challenges for remote work. I mean, there there are so many advantages. It can truly be win, win, win for, for the employee, for the company and for the client or, you know, the consumer of the products that the company makes um, if there's an organized hybrid approach. I mean, it doesn't have to be five days a week from wherever you want. It can be an organized hybrid approach. But this question of how to mentor younger employees and get them all the opportunities that they could use to get better at their job, that is that is a difficult um, problem to solve. What are, what are some of the struggles that your own team has had um, when it comes to being a distributed team? Like, it sounds like you're very conscientious about how you interview and how you hire and how you onboard, but there must still be some challenges. Like, can you point to any particular challenge as something that, you know, uh, continues to elude you or frustrate you that you, you would love to make progress on? So one thing I'll tell you, um, I, I didn't even realize this because I felt very connected to my team personally. Um, I was able to go out and be with them. I would meet up with them on multiple occasions. We had constant communication, but the gap that I was missing, I didn't realize was their own interpersonal relationships. And we started doing team retreats, um, I guess about three years ago. And the bonding that came out of that was something that I didn't realize one was missing and two would be so beneficial. So, you know, it's not just, you know, is the owner connected with the team and, and their, their hires, but really is the team connected? And so, you know, while I understand, you know, flying everyone in for a retreat may not be possible for everyone, but you really do need to look at making sure that you are cultivating a relationship between coworkers and that you are not the funnel through all communication. So one thing that we really put into practice after that was saying, you know, if you need something from a department, like I am no longer that funnel, work together, come back to brainstorm. If there's something that needs to be adjusted, let's bring it to the team, but encouraging those relationships with each other and not just with you as the business owner. Yeah, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Um, well, we probably have time for one or two more questions. I'll, I'll throw two questions out there for you to uh, pick from, or you can uh, tackle both. One would be, what is your advice to business owners and managers now who continue to struggle with the idea of uh, a formal, organized, hybrid approach? Uh, in other words, what's your advice to uh, decision makers who are still insisting on five days a week in person in the office? That's the first question. And then the second question would be, uh, 
at a high level, what do you think uh, the future holds when it comes to those types of mandates? Yeah, so, um, you know, for the first part of that question, what I would say is, you know, we, we definitely are pro, like, talent can be in office. And I think there's roles that warrant it. I think there's cultures that demand it, et cetera, and totally your prerogative to have that. But having said that, if you are open to that, really taking a look at each role and deciding, you know, is this a must? Am I losing out on really great talent opportunities and cost savings, quite honestly, by being in a fractional remote space? And what could that look at? And, and that's part of what we do with our clients is really helping them understand that. Some people come in and they're like, oh, I, this is taking up so much of my time. I know it's a full-time job. And when we really break it down, it, it might be 15 hours a week, right? So really just helping them walk through that. So be open to hiring possibilities. And then as far as the future, I think that people are really going to have to get on board with either being patient with what they're going to be able to recruit um, or getting really flexible with what they can offer if they are saying that it has to be an office. Um, the market is just demanding flexibility. Um, this generation is valuing things that our generation did not value before. Um, and so we have to be sensitive to that and understand it. Um, all while understanding that you can build your business however you want to be. But, you know, if the market's demanding it, the market's demanding it. And then really just open up to those possibilities. Um, one of the great reasons that working with a fractional company such as ours is it allows you to kind of dip your toe into the water there, see how that would work. Um, and you may be surprised at how efficient that it really is working. So I think we all have to have open minds right now in talent and attracting talent. Yes, I, I could not agree more. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Nicole Grinnell is the founder of Bosin. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate your perspective. Thanks for having me, Adam. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. I'm your host, Adam Riggs, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Remotely Possible, the podcast about distributed work and the people who make it possible. Remotely Possible is sponsored by Frameable, a software company with a mission of making virtual collaboration feel as easy as turning around and talking to each other. Learn more at frameable.com. To become a guest on an upcoming edition of Remotely Possible, head over to frameable.com slash podcast and introduce yourself. If you know someone who'd be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag Remotely Possible. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it on your social networks and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Your likes, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and to our team. Want to know how Frameable Spaces helps Microsoft Teams and Outlook users collaborate more effectively? Visit our website, frameable.com, or follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.